Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm Andrew Werdahl. Today is August 24th, and the Marlins face off against the Oakland Athletics today at 3.37 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Heads up to Jesus Luzardo getting a start against his former team. Should be a ball game. But for now, um... I have some information about the Oakland Athletics that I've found, knowing not a lot about the Oakland Athletics myself. I'm really even kind of using Moneyball as a bit of an access point to the Oakland A's. Hearing about them um, through that, reading the book, seeing the film, and watching these games um, in Oakland, Definitely what I've noticed is the crowd, um, or, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to make any uh, jokes, but, um, yeah, it's been prominent. This doesn't seem like some, like, cutting-edge franchise, um, doing the most with what it has, like, uh, Moneyball kind of portrays it. Um, really, like, Moneyball, we're talking about, like, a 2002 book about the 103-win season the Oakland A's had. Um, They lost in the National League Divisional Series. Their team had some stars to it. Uh, Barry Zito was the Cy Young Award winner that year. Um, Miguel Tejada, the AL MVP, among other, like, star-caliber players like uh, Ted Lilly, Eric Chavez, certainly prominent players in their time. And, um... If you're unfamiliar with the story, the whole real, like, conceit is that the uh, Oakland A's can't afford to keep around their good players, their uh, Jason Giambi. So how can they replace them without giving up ground in the standings and without spending the money that it would take to keep those players around? So it's a story of innovation um, written, the book uh, Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game by uh, Michael Lewis came out in uh, 2003 and it did follow Billy Bean, the then GM, current executive vice president of the Oakland A's in their process of the 2022 season, like getting into the draft class, synthesizing that like scouting old school perspective of watching the game and seeing what happens there. And then the like new school, like analytic 
perspective of what do the stats say, uh, who's doing what, when. Pretty key to their like perspective at the time was favoring on base percentage, valuing like the walk being a valid way to get on base in tandem with like batting average. The walk really just was not considered to be such a big thing at the time. And so this was something of like an innovation for the A's. They were able to like get ahead and find good players for their team that other teams weren't valuing. Following Moneyball in 2002, that whole thing caught on at the major league level, like with teams actually like taking on individuals that like were primarily skilled as like database developers or like analytical thinkers, just people who could ask those questions and then find the answers to help support like front office decision making like your contract signings, like your roster construction, stuff like that. It isn't clear exactly like what the ultimate influence of like sabermetrics is in baseball, but it is like certainly the case that like, that there isn't some metric that can really go in and um, measure like performance and the relative worth of a player and like measure that from like the pitch off the bat and to hot dog sales as like, I mean that to say that it's tough for any, like, mathematical answer to such, like, a big question such as, like, what should the team do to be generating more revenue and bringing more fans to the stadium? Like, I think we can say the Oakland A's haven't, despite the fact that in 2002 the Oakland A's were ahead of their competition. and it does feel like they've like skated on that competitive advantage. Looking at the history of the A's, um, they haven't been to a World Series since 1990, uh, totally regardless of like Billy Bean's Moneyball, totally regardless of who's owned the A's. In 2005, well, since 2005, the owner of the Oakland A's has been John Fisher, whose um, parents owned Gap uh, Apparel, and he has like not had much of an influence on the team going back being that he took over in 2005 and he certainly wasn't a presence in the moneyball years where the overall narrative was that the a's couldn't pay to keep their best players he in some ways just like inherited that franchise and that like organizational philosophy perhaps because it really wasn't until recently that the A's actually had the lowest payroll in the American League. Um, 2018 being the like most recent year I could find, being that the data I found went back to 1990 on Baseball Cube. And that like has come with a bit of a crash in attendance. Now the lowest numbers in the American League. From the outside, it does seem like the Oakland Athletics have had like a bit of a like competency in their organization to be like ahead of the curve and to get good players. Um, they've like routinely fielded like good baseball talent and they've routinely won games. Um, since 2002, they've made the postseason three straight years twice. Um, most recently, 2020. But even in that like lowest payroll in baseball, 2018 year, the A's made the postseason. 
acting somewhat out of rhythm with the rest of these like front offices, a bulk of which have like gotten into tanking to cut costs and secure like draft talent to then contend like the Astros did that, the Cubs, the Nationals, all got their titles with tanking first. Or if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, another like low budget organization that really has shown no inclination to spend on payroll ever, um, became contenders in part because of their like early adaptation of spin rate as a key difference maker in pitching. It's definitely all really dry to talk about. Um, I get certainly like interesting and like fascinating that there are these things that are overlooked and then appreciated. But it does seem like the fans haven't seen ownership in Oakland make that belief in their like players clear. Um, it's just like ownership didn't meet the team on the field with their belief in their ability to succeed and with their power to do something to change the outcomes on the field, looking at like 2018 and 2019, which were years in which the Oakland A's made it to the wildcard game and lost and just had single game postseason stunts. Those are like high tension and like devastating losses that certainly leave like room for just slightly more invested into the team just like another it doesn't even really matter what just like another anything seems like it could take the team over the edge and the oakland a's have been certainly biased against doing that i've definitely heard a lot of talk about the oakland a's looking to move um out of the coliseum as it were to vegas or to a different seemingly like fully developed district of oakland that would be like luxury apartments around a uh, like stadium development, reclaiming some like industrial land, or literally leaving and going to Las Vegas. An article in the Las Vegas Review Journal titled Las Vegas Strip Gets Closer to Its Major League Dreams talked about how Major League Baseball was even willing to forego collecting relocation fees, which are often in in like the hundreds of millions of dollars um, from the A's in their potential move to Las Vegas. So like the analysis in the article is that it seems like an indication that Major League Baseball wants the move to happen. But the other end of that is totally like scapegoating the fan as, as why the team can't succeed in their status quo. But the whole, like, conceit of Moneyball, that whole, like, status quo that they've been in for the last 20 years as an organization, is that the team cannot spend, and that the team is not worth the investment of the owner, which just begs the question, why is it worth the investment of the fan? Like I said, it sounds like they are scapegoating the fan, and you'd think with the Gap apparel pedigree, there'd be more of an effort to just sell more clothing at the stadium, or more A's merchandise at Gap's all across America. As a podcaster, I definitely feel like I'm opining for like a maximalist effort here, and certainly I'm also encouraging more innovative processes that are difficult to develop and actualize and like make sure are worthwhile 
and I only do really know about the A's a bit. Maybe from my armchair where I can look at fan graphs and baseball savant, it seems as though sabermetrics is something of like a solved field for at least those interested in the sport as a fan. As a fan, it also feels like organizations have become less like respectful of the art of hitting. And that's led to more of the three true outcomes and less offense and less interest in markets like Oakland. When teams don't hold tight to the players that we all see as stars. So for Big Fish, Small Pot, I've been Andrew Werdahl. Again, the Marlins play today at 3.37 Eastern Time. It's a weird one, so um, be uh, prepared as you can. Maybe also catch the just-dropped interview with Jeff Conine, also on the Fish Drives Podcast Network. So I'm Andrew Werdahl signing off. I'll be back with you on Friday.